0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org events. Home, a lot of us take it for granted, but many don't have that luxury. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Thousands, even 10,000s of Chicagoans, by some estimates, have no place to hang their hat. No place of shelter, solace, or protection. They might be living on the street, trying to sleep on the L, or at O'Hare, or doubled up with family or friends. Since February, Chicago police officers have been turning unhoused people away when they get off the blue line at O'Hare. Meanwhile, city shelters are full, in part due to newly arrived migrants. But let's be honest, there were never enough shelter beds to begin with. So how can the city better address homelessness? We're checking in with Elvia Malagon, social justice and wage gap reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And Ali Simmons, case and outreach worker with the Law Project of Coalition for the Homeless. Elvia, let's start with the airport. Why are officers turning away on house people from O'Hare?
1: This became an issue earlier this year. Um, Advocates were saying that they were seeing more people seeking services there. Um, However, it became an issue that went kind of viral in news media outlets like Fox News and the Daily Mirror. So advocates and then Mayor Lori Lightfoot um, said that these news outlets were exaggerating the situation. But regardless, it did end up in concrete changes at O'Hare and the mayor's office had vowed to move the unhoused individuals from their citing safety issues.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tell us some more. I mean, the Folks have been arrested too, right? Is CPD or the city doing anything else to to protect people or connect people with, with shelters?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So there have been people that um, have been arrested at O'Hare for trespassing. And the records we looked at, some of the individuals, well, there were a few individuals who had been arrested multiple times. Um, when we went out there, what we saw was there was uh, maybe about a handful of officers rotating through that area of O'Hare where it you exit off of the Blue Line station. And yeah. it kind of varied officer by officer. Some officers were watching every single individual coming off of the Blue Line, other Others were just kind of in the area observing, but we didn't see anyone get arrested when we were there. But we definitely did see that officers were turning away Mm. folks um, who were um, appear to be homeless or unhoused. And
0: And you talked to a woman, I believe, who said that police told her she couldn't stay at O'Hare. That, what did she say?
1: That's correct. Her name is Denise, and she was experiencing um, housing instability earlier this year. And she says she remembered that she had heard people slept at O'Hare, so she kind of thought that would be a safe location to go. And she did stay there for three to four nights, but then one of the mornings, she was woken up by an officer who escorted her to the Blue Line station. She wasn't arrested. Um, when she tried to return, she was turned away. So mm-hmm. she was one of the people that ended up at a police station. Where waiting for a shelter spot or shelter bed, rather. Yeah,
0: I want to bring you in now, Ali, because we're hearing that story about Denise, for instance, right? And Denise represents a lot of people who are experiencing uh, homelessness right now. But how challenging is it for folks in that position to actually find a place to stay when they reach out to 311? Like, how how reliable is that method?
2: It's extremely difficult. Uh, 311 is, like, overwhelmed, first of all. Uh, Secondly, 311 is just, like, what you would call a gatekeeper to the shelter system. Mm-hmm. So you call three one one and you put in a shelter request. And once the shelter request is initiated, then some other organization is tasked with coming to find you, you know, pick you up and transport you to whatever shelter
1: mm-hmm. that may
2: have a, a bed available. And the thing about that is there's not always beds available in shelters, and sometimes you know folks have reported waiting days on end you know to uh be picked up meanwhile they have to continue calling 311 every 24 hours to make sure that their shelter re- uh requests remain alive make
0: sure they're still in the queue yes exactly the city's Department of Family and Support Services says there are a little over 6,000 people experiencing homelessness in Chicago this year. But your group, the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless, you say the number way higher than that. It's over 65,000. Yes. That's a huge discrepancy there. So why? And, and how are you tracking that?
2: I think with the numbers, I'm not too familiar with, you know, all of the data. Uh, that's not my field. But I think a lot of that data come from people who are doubled up. And what we find with and by doubled
0: up, we mean people just staying with friends, staying with family members wherever they can, and not necessarily reporting that they are unhoused.
2: Correct. And the thing about you know the whole homeless you know issue with those individuals who are unhoused and living on the street is, if you stop for a minute and ask yourself where are they coming from, then that double-up population is where you will find that answer. Uh, A lot of people stay with family members. uh, They pass away. That individual no longer have any right to stay there. They end up having to go to live with someone else, Mm -hmm. like a friend or a family member that may not be all that welcoming to them. So then they try to get into the shelter. Many find the shelters you know, kind of like overbearing. Uh, There's a lack of access for people with certain disabilities in the mm-hmm. shelter system. Uh, you will see that by people who are on the street in wheelchairs, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and so if there's no place for them in the shelter, there's only one other place for them to turn, and that's to the streets.
0: Mm-hmm. What can you add to that, Elvia, just about the way these numbers are are tracked?
1: Yeah, I think it's basically the difference between how the city is defining someone who's experiencing homelessness and how the coalition is and I think um, the coalition has a more broad definition Um, for example again yeah if someone is staying on someone's couch or whatnot the city would not necessarily count that person as homeless yeah Um, so I think that's kind of why and it is kind of tricky because like even when we factor in the number of immigrants who are also sort of becoming part of this population mm-hmm. of needing shelter, that number is also changing. So the data can be tricky to follow.
0: Yeah, the the arrival of thousands of migrants in the last year, that's also making it much harder for the city to, to support the unhoused population. So the dual crises are just making things much more challenging. Correct across the board. How many beds are available in shelters across the city?
1: So before the city started doing makeshift, makeshift shelters, and that's things like we've heard about, you know, at Daily College at Wadsworth, um, the city only had about three thousand shelter beds. And I mean, even by the most conservative estimation of how many people are experiencing homelessness, you could quickly see that that's not enough beds for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. You're nodding in agreement, there, Ali. Yes, definitely.
2: And from what I understand, the shelter system is now, I think, at the capacity of like seven thousand and something. So that's double what it was actually, you know, built to be able to handle. Mm. And so with this, like, how could anybody who's unhoused and not in some stationary place mm-hmm. where? people who are providing services can find them and, you know, make sure they are continuing to stay connected to those services, you know, what are they supposed to do?
0: As I mentioned, we've, uh, the city's seen some 10,000 migrants arriving since last August. How has that impacted your work, Ali?
2: Uh, Not too much uh, because, you know, with the migrants, there are individuals who are, you know, stepping up, you know, trying to find resources for them. But then on a Backside, you have individuals who are just, you know, remaining on the street, you know, trying to access services. And, you know, that's where you have, you know, my work mainly. You know, I I, I mainly work with individuals who are unhoused and living on the street.
0: So I guess my big question here for you, Ali, is is why you think the homeless— continue to be so prevalent here in Chicago? What are some of the root causes
2: here? There's not enough resources to address the problem. Uh, There's like skyrocketing rents, people are losing jobs or, you know, whatever other kind of income they are having, they can't afford a place, you know, to stay. Uh, There's a lack of affordable housing here in Chicago and until that is addressed you're going to continue to have this problem mm-hmm. and we are asking you know that this be addressed through bring chicago home which you know you may have Yeah, we've talked
0: about it before, but remind us. Yes.
2: So Bring Chicago Home seeks to raise the real estate transfer tax, I think, by 2%. And we want this, you know, the the money generated by this tax to be dedicated to, you know, addressing homelessness and nothing but homelessness. And we figure, like, that is a way to start, you know, attacking this problem with something that's dedicated only to that issue. Right Mm. now, there's nothing truly dedicated to, you know, addressing homelessness.
0: What's the mayor saying, Elvia, about all of this and and, and this current policy at O'Hare?
1: So the mayor's office um, said that they do support Bring Chicago Home. Um, So that is something to kind of look out for to see if that ends up becoming something into concrete. Yeah. Um, But the mayor's office also said that it was also looking at what other cities are doing and other airports, because we do know that this is not something unique to Chicago. Other airports are also experiencing this. Um, We learned about a program, a pilot program that's happening in California that's supposed to start this summer um, where they're taking a lot and allowing people to sleep there overnight in their cars. Mm -hmm. Um, But they do have to sign this sort of code of conduct contract. And the idea is that they will also be enrolled in a program that will get them into more stable housing. Um, So I think Johnson's administration is looking to see. And um, so we'll have to kind of wait and see to see if there's any changes here or any programs that um, specifically address the situation at O'Hare.
0: Yeah. um, Johnson specifically has a, there's a proposal for a one-time tax of almost 2% on homes sold that are worth over a million dollars. Uh, money generated would be dedicated to programs and housing to aid folks experiencing homelessness, including veterans, children, and women who are um, domestic violence survivors. So, you know, in the meantime, people need to sleep somewhere right now. Though, right, there's an issue that we're we're facing right now. They need shelter, and so, what are the immediate solutions, or or are there?
2: That's a good question. Uh, the most immediate solution is allow people to remain you know where they are so that service providers who do work with those folks can continue to engage with them and you know when housing opportunities are available then those people can be you know then transferred into housing uh dealing with individuals who are unhoused is extremely difficult to remain in contact with them there's a Communication issue where a lot of them don't have telephones. Uh, if they don't have telephones and then they are constantly being moved from one place to the next, mm. you know, you're going to lose track of That's them. That's such so, a good point. Say, for instance, they are in the system and, you know, they do come up to get housed. If we can't get in contact with them, then that goes to someone else.
0: So, what else would you want to see or hear from Mayor Johnson and from Alderman? Like, is there something that they could do? to curb this problem that they're simply not doing?
2: Uh, I think this administration is just getting started. And, you know, while we will continue to advocate, as we always have with every administration, uh, it's something to be watched and see how things play out.
0: I'll give you the last word, Alvia.
1: When I spoke to experts and advocates, they pretty much said the same exact thing, that the best thing to do is before you displace someone or tell someone hey you can't stay here there needs to be a plan in place mm-hmm. either some kind of specific program um, because oftentimes and I think what has happened at O'Hare is that there were social services that were connected to these folks and now there's a bit of a scramble of trying to figure out how to reach them how to reengage them to mm-hmm. get them back in the process.
0: Elvia Malagon is a social justice and wage gap reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And Ali Simmons is a case and outreach worker with the law project of Coalition for the Homeless. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you so much. This episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Brenda Ruiz and edited by Dan Tucker and Ethan Schwab. For more conversations like this one on important issues affecting our region, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And if you've got a second, leave us a rating and review. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening.